0: Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, holy, you can still my soul thirst again this morning, Jesus. Lord, I am glad, I am excited to be in your presence again this morning to worship you because you are good and your mercies endures forevermore to be able to say that you are the covenant keeping God yes father you are the God who keeps covenant you kept your covenant with Noah you kept your covenant with Abraham with Isaac, with Jacob You kept your covenant with the nation of Israel. And then with Moses, you kept your covenant with David. And Father, you have kept your covenant with us in Christ Jesus. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Lord, because you have regard for your covenant. In this covenant, Lord, you have made us children of God. In this covenant, Father, we are able to cry, out, Abba, Father. So, Lord, we worship you. We give you all the glory. We give you all adoration in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we spend this time in your presence to read our Bibles and to learn in your presence, Lord, speak to us once again. Let your words resonate in our hearts and let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Morphe. We continue our study, yes, our study of the gospel we are doing an harmony of the gospel study we've been reading through the synoptic gospels Matthew Mark and Luke and then of course the book of John a big thank you to everyone joining in today uh, thank you for the kind words for the encouragement I sincerely appreciate them God bless you hallelujah Alright, so we continued. Yesterday we stopped on Luke chapter 17. We read up to verse 37 where Jesus said, Where there is a dead body, the vultures will gather. So we move on to Luke chapter 18. And from here, the the, the harmony will start again. We will read about the, uh, the parable of the widow, the persistent widow, and and the Pharisee and tax collector, what's a combination, okay? The Pharisee and the tax collector, we'll study on, we'll read on the doctrine of divorce, the doctrine of divorce, and then we'll read about Jesus blessing the children, okay? So that will be, take us from Luke chapter 18 to Matthew chapter 19 and Mark chapter 10, and if we are able to, we will touch on the rich young ruler, and possible, possibly, we'll do the labour, okay? uh in the in the eleventh hour, we were we were hired in the eleventh hour. All right, get your Bibles. Let's start from Luke chapter eighteen this morning. It says uh, from verse one that Jesus told his disciples a parable to to show them that they should always pray and not give up they should always pray and not give up um one of the most controversial statements my my uh theology professor ever ever pronounced ever came out of his mouth was that jesus never conducted prayer meetings with his disciples (laughs) that he never prayed with them he would go and pray but he never prayed with them and um it was it was a deep study that day because we were just throwing scriptures at him right left and center you know but we were eventually not able to prove that jesus had prayer prayer meetings with his disciples okay no okay he taught them to pray he told them to pray he even prayed in their presence um, the only time you could have said maybe something close to a prayer meeting almost happened was in the garden of Gethsemane and even dead the disciples didn't pray this they, they were sleeping okay so you will answer maybe you try and find the answer why but that's not what we're doing this morning and Jesus told, told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So, it's not that Jesus did not count prayer as important or Jesus did not want them to pray. This is a parable on them being persistent in prayer. And then he taught them how to pray. Verse 2 says, he said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither neither feared God, nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, "Grant me justice against my adversary. Grant me justice against my adversary." For some time, he refused. Uh, but finally he said to himself even though i don't fear god or care what people think yet because this widow keeps bothering me i will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me Uh, okay so there are versions that say that uh, she will not a, a continual coming will not wear, weary me or wear me out in other words jesus is saying be persistent continue to ask okay so i have met people will say ah, but pastor does that not you know is that not opposite to faith my asking and asking again does it not sound as if i do not believe that god has answered my prayers Oh, God has heard my prayer. Um, okay, so you might have a point there. Um, but I think the most important thing is to remember that prayer, the purpose of prayer is not asking. Okay, yes, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. But the purpose of the first essential purpose of prayer is not just asking, making requests to God. It is a relationship. It is an opportunity to talk to your father. Okay? And so, in talking to your father, you are back again this morning. You are talking to your father. And the request you made, you have not seen yet. I don't think it is out of point to say, Father, I hope you didn't forget you were supposed to send that in the mail. Or to say thank you thank you for sending it in the mail i heard that uh it left already and it's on its way okay very important okay so that's what we should do in prayer be persistent be consistent and when it comes to persistence you know that there is the part where there is continual like this woman and there is the other part that is fervent okay because the, the, the judge feared both the fact that the part that presses into the presence of God. okay In prayer we must have both consistency and fervency. Hallelujah. He says lest you know, she won't eventually come and attack me. Six and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust George says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? Will cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Obviously, no. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Hmm. Big questions. Questions, uh, difficult questions that Jesus asked didn't answer and no one bothered to answer when the son of man comes will he find faith on the earth will he find people being able to pray and press into the presence of god Ah, someone will say if he came today he will find my faith my own faith will still be in him he will know i still trusted in him yes he will find faith in the in the earth All right, the next parable is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. From verse 9 to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. And I'm telling you, I have never understood this concept in human nature where you are able to disregard everything that you have I'm not saying that you, you did, no. I'm saying everything that you have, because you are a sinner, and I am a sinner. You are able to disregard everything that you have and point fingers at others, okay? You are willing to hold people's, people's feet to the fire and demand a recompense, de- demand a repayment, okay? For, for, the, for the little, it's human nature, and it is wicked, yes it's what we do forgetting that ah, ah, if god held us to the same standard how many of us will stand how many of us will stand i dare say not one one person on this earth will stand but for the sacrifice the blood of jesus shed on the cross of calvary and so it comes to this thing also about righteousness you will meet people holding people's feet to the fire. You are this. You committed this sin. How could you? How could you do this? Why did you do this and everything? And I'm wondering, God in heaven, who sees all things, will be looking and like, <laughs> do these guys think I'm foolish? Okay. So my pastor taught me. Pastor Sam Adeyemi taught me and warned us on this thing very, very heavily when we in ministry. He said, "Look, listen." Guys, when it comes to, look, righteousness and, look, it's Christ. It's what Jesus finished on the cross. And so none of us can, can really, none of us can boast and none of us should boast. Okay, but whenever you ever come to the point where you, you feel like you want to boast a little, hey, remember that you are standing by grace. Whenever you come to the point where you feel you should expose other people's other people's feelings, other people's sin. Remember that you are standing by grace. And he taught us that look, he he, he found that in ministry that those who do that eventually their own <laughs> oh log of wood is found out. The log of wood that is sticking out of their eyes is eventually found out by everyone because God then removes the veil. Uh because they yes not they were exposing other people let's see so jesus told this parable okay to quiet those who like putting confidence you know in their own righteousness and look down on on everyone else jesus is not saying that we shouldn't have confidence in our righteousness but it's a different thing to have confidence in your righteousness in christ It's another thing to look down on everyone else as if they they are sinners. It says two men, from verse 10, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed by himself, okay? Did not want anybody to come near him. Anyone comes near him, they might they might contaminate his righteousness. <laughs> he stood by himself and prayed, "God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get." <laughs> See, but the, tax collector, the, but the tax collector stood at the distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breasts and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So, let me tell you the truth. Eh? The Pharisees had his own sins. And his own sins eh, were likely more than this tax collector. He didn't just know. By his own standard, what he is measuring with, you see, you saw it there, right? Aha. I thank you Like I'm not like other people. He is looking at role, role play, robbers, evildoers, adulterers. Sins people commit, most times physically. What about the sins in the heart that no one is seeing? Aha. The sin of pride that he is obviously expressing here. He doesn't realize that one, that God can see that one. <laughs> the sin of double standard. <laughs> he doesn't know that God can see that one. Okay, so it's just is God is just watching him. So he says, The man said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And verse 14, Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, that's the, the tax collector. Rather than the Pharisee, went home justified before God. So, if both of them were to die today, whoa, many of us will be shocked because when we will get to heaven, we will not find the Pharisee there. Yes, even though he had been somebody in our own eyes who was, you know, clean, good, a giver, fast, you find him in church. Uh, his sins were very many. Uh-huh. Pride was one of them. Jesus says, It was the tax collector that went home justified before God. Say, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. All those who ju- who, who, who exalt themselves, they will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. <laughs> okay, yes. Lesson for Pastor Sam hear me? All right. So let's move on. Let's move on. Let's do a parallel, okay, of, of this little study. So please go to, go to Matthew chapter 19, Matthew chapter 19. Let's look about this teaching on, on, on divorce and other things that Jesus talks about, but majorly on divorce. Matthew chapter 19, then we'll read, we'll read on Mark chapter 10, Matthew chapter 19, divorce. So when Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee. He left Galilee and went into the region of Judea. Remember that this part of our studies are about the period when Jesus was in Judea. From Galilee, he went to Judea. And from Judea, he went on to Jerusalem where he would eventually die. So, yes, it says he left Galilee and went into the region of Judea. Uh, to the other side, to the other side of the Jordan. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Some Pharisees—they've eh, been following him, oh, right from Nazareth from Galilee. Okay, they've continued following him. Some Pharisees came to him to test to test him. They asked. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? That's that's a wicked question. That's a wicked question. Okay? It's a question with a motive. They said for any and every reason. So, can he divorce her for because the food was not sweet this morning? Can he divorce her for you know for coming late from because she went out for any and every reason okay so obviously they wanted to trap Jesus now Jesus's response verse 4 haven't you read he replied that at the beginning of of the beginning at the beginning the creator made them male and female in other words made them into a pair male and female and said for this reason a man will leave will leave his father will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh obviously that's genesis chapter 1 right god making them male and female is genesis chapter 1 verse genesis chapter 1 verse uh, verse 27 but that part where the Bible says a man shall leave, that's the last verse in Genesis chapter chapter two, verse 24. A man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. He says so they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. What is Jesus saying? Jesus. Is not encouraging divorce. It's as simple as that. Because they said, "Can he divorce her for any reason?" Jesus is saying from the beginning, God's intention was not for marriage breaking up, couples separating. No, He created them in pairs, male and female, okay, and He intended. He said, "Look," He said, um, "So they are no longer two, but one flesh. He has made them one." Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Okay? So, that settles it. But the Pharisees will not give up. Why then, they ask, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Okay? So, you might want to go and read why Moses allowed this with the children of Israel that they could they could give their wives a certificate of divorce okay you can find it in Deuteronomy you can read it up in Deuteronomy chapter 24 for example okay so but that's not our focus this morning why did Moses permit it that was what they said see why did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away Jesus replied Moses Permitted you to divorce your wife. In other words, permitted, you guys were so stubborn, you wanted your way, and he didn't want to be fighting you guys in the wilderness. So he permitted it. He said, Moses permitted you to divorce your wife because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery okay it's as simple as that what can we learn from this doctrine god does not like divorce it's as simple as that god does not want us separating just for what any reason okay no uh, god does not want that even sexually sexually morality yes it's possible to forgive one another on that okay so god does not like divorce it's as simple as that the disciples said to him hmm, verse 10 if this is the situation between a husband and wife, it is better not to marry. So, my one of the things I take from here is that I, I don't understand. Jesus said that okay, don't separate for any reason because what God intended was that they should be they should be together, they should be united as one. Okay, and now they try to rope him again and say, Okay, why did Moses permit permit us to be able to just give our, our wife a written note? and say, I divorce you. And Jesus said, look, it was not so from the beginning, okay, except for sexual immorality, okay, a man should not leave his wife. The disciples, the disciples, not the Pharisees. the disciples, they said in verse 10, if this is the situation between a husband and wife, it is better not to marry. Does that make any sense to you? It does not make any sense to me, okay? So it meant that at this point in the Jewish culture, they were breaking their marriage right, left and center. All you had to do to cancel your marriage today is to, to write a written note. I divorced this woman because the soup that she cooked, there was too much salt in him, in it. Signed. Murphy Yenike. That's the end of the marriage. <laughs> Wicked people. So Jesus said, No, that was not God's intention. And sadly, we have done, we have gone full circle. We are right there. Our current culture is tolerating divorce again. Okay? It's tolerating divorce again. Jesus replied in verse 11, Not everyone can accept this this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are enochs who were born. In other words, if you are saying that it is better not to marry, listen, not everyone can accept that saying that it is better not to marry. Why? He said, Look, for there are Enoch's who were born that way. Okay? And Enoch is somebody who chooses not to get married. Okay? Because they want to serve God. See, the for there are Enoch's who were born that way. And there are Enoch's who, who have been made Enoch's by others. And there are those who choose to live like Enoch's for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept the should accept it in other words if you say you don't want to get married eh, because marriage is difficult you are fine it's fine don't get married then that's fine okay but if you get married and let me tell you the truth there are challenges in marriage There will be difficulty in marriage in marriage you are i can almost guarantee you that you and your wife you will likely get into spots into arguments into fights because you are just different from one another. And people don't understand that, look, these are some of the things that spice up marriage. They are, in, they, are they are supposed to happen. Okay? Uh, but those are not grounds for divorce. Okay? You don't just leave your marriage because it is difficult. You don't just leave home. Send your wife packing because, because you don't like her face anymore. Because now she is fat. And you want to be with, with a slim... <laughs> <laughs> with a slim, with a slim girl, when she has put one, two, three, two uh, b- chi- children for you, and now you want a slim one, you don't, you can't just divorce for that. Jesus is saying, and for that they are saying, it is who better not to marry. <laughs> but you will continue having children. All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to Mark ten. Of course, you know that's where our culture is, right? Let's go to the west. So. They have destroyed the institution of marriage, but they continue to have children. So in other words, people, they are not married, but they will have children out of wedlock. So children are growing up without a father, growing up sometimes without a mother. And go and look at what it has resulted into in their culture. Their society is falling apart. It is literally being destroyed from within. That was not God's intention. Hallelujah. All right, so let's look at Mark, Mark chapter 10, verse 1 to 12 also. Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan, exactly the same with Matthew's, right? Again, crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. Uh, Some Pharisees came and tested him by saying, "Uh, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied, They said, they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. <laughs> it was because of your ha- it was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law. Hmm? Jesus replied, Verse but at the beginning of creation God made them male and female god made them male and female genesis chapter 1 27, verse 27 for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife that's um, genesis chapter 2 verse 24 be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh the two of them will become one flesh so they are no longer two but one flesh therefore what god has joined together let no one let no one separate when they were in the house, again, the disciples asked. So, you see that Mark distinguishes. You know, I mentioned the fact that it wasn't the Pharisees who asked that the other part of the question. Okay? It was, it was the disciples who then said, if it is like that, it is better not to marry. It was because the, it was later when they were in the house the disciples would now asked that question, Matthew does not carefully distinguishes that. Okay, even though they both use twelve verses each or thirteen verses each, no twelve verses each. So when they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, "Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another, another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man," She commits adultery. All right, so that's that. Let's go back to Matthew chapter. Let's go back to Matthew chapter nineteen where we we were reading earlier and continue reading. Let's read as many uh, of the other stories. Oh no, we'll read their parallels. Okay, we'll still read their parallels. We'll just come back. We'll come back to Luke chapter ten. Um, so Mark chapter ten, and then of course we will have Luke chapter eighteen. Eighteen. Not sure. We can read all of this. But let's start, let's start from verse 13 to 15. The little children that came to Jesus. Then, G, then people brought little children to Jesus. That's, I'm reading Matthew chapter 19 verse 13. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his, hand, his hands on them and pray for them. He says, but the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the children come. The children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of Heaven belongs to such as This when he had placed His hands on them He went on from there Okay so the next story That will come after this will be The rich and the kingdom And the kingdom of God But let's just read the parallel Let's read the parallel in Both in Mark and Luke So go back to Mark chapter 10 Mark chapter 10 we we'll read from Mark chapter 10 we we'll read from verse 13 to 16 See people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them but the disciples rebuked them When Jesus saw this he was indignant He said to them let the children the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as this. Truly I tell you anyone who will not so Mark is adding this other part. Mark adds verse 15. He says, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little little child would never enter it. And he took the the children in his hand, placed his hands on them and blessed them. In other words, we must accept the kingdom of God like like little children. What does that mean? Okay. Have faith. Have faith like a little child. Yes, have faith like a little child and let your heart call out for God. All right, let's just read quickly Luke chapter 18, verse 15 to 17. See, people were also bringing babies, not now. See, little children, babies, babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as this. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. You see, our look is oftentimes the balance, okay, between Mark and Matthew and Mark, but oftentimes Mark gives you the full picture. Hallelujah! Alright, what lessons can we take from our study today? Um, I think I will stay with our us having. Being like little children, accepting the father like little children. That's one. Number two, the doctrine of divorce. Don't be looking to divorce in your wife. <laughs> Don't be looking to leaving your husband. Yes, God does not like divorce. In fact, He hates divorce because He has set the solitary in families. He wants the husband. <laughs> the wife to be in the home to raise the children my encouragement this morning is love your wife wives submit to your own husbands. children listen to your parents submit to them and the lord will bless our families in the mighty name of jesus father we say thank you we give you all the glory in jesus mighty name we pray amen all right thank you so much for listening today god bless you Enjoy your day.